we talked about making better decisions, uh, living our lives with fewer regrets. Uh, we talked about the, you know, the new year and making resolutions and, and uh, realizing that there's a difference between making decisions based on wisdom and making a decision based on emotion. You know, when you're angry and you make a decision, you're like, oh, I regret that. Or when you were in the heat of the moment and you made a decision, you're like, oh, I regret that. Uh, we talked a little bit about that and, and saying that we had to choose to uh, make decisions with wisdom. Last week, we also touched on the, the idea of there's a difference between faith and wisdom. Some of you are praying for things that he never told you to pray for. He's actually said, you know, seek out wisdom, and that's, gonna, that's what's going to fix that. Some are praying for, we talked about praying for a miracle in your marriage. He's not going to do a miracle in your marriage without you using wisdom in, ha- in how you're relating to, um, to, the, to your spouse. There's so many of those things. So that's on last week's. So you can uh, look it up online. Um, I, I would encourage you to, because these kind of the two things that we're talking about last week and today kind of fit together. Um, I'm hoping that you had a chance to actually use wisdom last week. As you thought about it and thought, yeah, that was cool. But to actually be able to put it into practice uh, in, in, uh, in your real life. Uh, this week I had a chance to do that. We had to renew our mortgage um, for, you know, it's one of those things you have to have unless you're like loaded and you don't have to have a mortgage. But we have to have a mortgage. So uh, as we, um, uh, we're, we're talking, uh, talking about it and, and this idea of wisdom. Last time I got uh, my mortgage, I, I just figured you just got to have one. So I'm like, the guy said, hey, here's a mortgage. I was like, okay, I'll take it, you know, and I can have a house. And then afterwards, I'm talking to some of my buddies, and they're like, I was talking to them, I got my mortgage, and this is my interest rate. And they're like, that, you're paying that? And I was like, what are you paying? And they're like, and they, they're like, they're, they were kind of ashamed to tell us because it was quite a bit lower than what we were paying. And uh, they're like, you didn't lock in though, did you? I'm like, yeah, I locked in for five years. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, why didn't you ask me? And I'm like, I didn't know I was supposed to ask you. I just like, you know, hey, everybody gets a mortgage and this is what it is. So this time I'm like, I'm asking. And I called and I asked questions and I talked to my financial advisor and I talked to the mortgage people. They were sick of me by the end. But if there's a perfect mortgage, I got it. The one that I have, like we talked to Beth, I'm like, so are we going to be the kind of people that are going to be like, we're going to pay down a mortgage or are we going to shop more? And you know how that went. So, um, but, but we, had, we, we talked and we were realizing that we had the perfect mortgage for us. But it took this thing of, I talked to people who knew more than I did and realized that wisdom comes from a multitude of counselors. And it actually affected something in my real life. So I encourage you, you know, some of those things, it's just finding wisdom. Uh, and wisdom, there's wisdom in the word, but it also talks in the word about finding wisdom um, from others and through others as well. So last week we talked about the idea that people often make big decisions and never consider wisdom at all. They'll buy a house based on emotion. Like, I love that house. It's perfect for me. I I just want to live there. And and then, of course, you do because it's like 350,000. It's probably built by the Buntings and it's like immaculate and amazing. And you're like, we got to have. But most of us, we're not living in, in houses like that. And afterwards, it's like, oh, I'll figure out how to pay for it later. That's not wisdom. But people have find themselves in like, oh man, I'm locked into this thing that I can't afford. Why did I do that? Maybe for you it was a vehicle. Maybe you made like decisions of marrying somebody and it was like, it was all like, oh, heat of the moment and not this idea of wisdom. Afterwards you found out like, man, that guy's got some serious skeletons in the closet that I never even thought about and now, now I've got, you know, there is some, um, I, I would encourage you, if you're single, Use wisdom, not worldly wisdom, not the movies to pick your, you know, who you're going to marry and live happily ever after because every married person will tell you that they, they forget the last part of the movie. Every romance movie ends at the wrong spot. It should end a year later when they're both in counseling and they hate each other and they can't make it work and all the things that, the, you know, the, their previous, you know, they dump that guy to marry them right now and, and it works. 
they never talk about all that stuff. So I want to encourage you, use wisdom. Ask the right questions, you know. Hey, when you say you're a Christian, what does that mean? Oh, I go to church on Christmas and Easter. Run! Get, get away from that dude. He's not good for you. You know, if you're like, uh, you know, you're saying, well, I asked her like, hey, should we, um, you know, what do you think about moving in together? And she's like, well, yeah, the sooner the better. Run! That girl's going to be trouble for you. That's just for free. All right, so sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we, we think and we use wisdom when we make big decisions, but a lot of times we don't. We don't even do it with the big decisions. So my question today is, what about the little decisions that you're making every single day without thinking about? You just make those decisions. Are any of those small decisions that you're thinking about, who's making those or what's making those decisions? And are they bringing regret into your life when you don't, you don't even realize how you're doing? I got a poem I want to read for you. It's, uh, the question is, who am I? Who am I? I just want you to think about this and see if you can figure out who this is. I am your constant companion. I'm your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I'll push you onward or I'll drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might as well turn them over to me because I can do them quickly and correctly. I'm easily managed, but you must be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I'll do it automatically. I am the servant of great people and alas of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made them great. Those who are failures, I've made them failures. But I'm not a machine. I work with the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I'll destroy you. Who am I? Satan? Holy Spirit? Your own head? Your will? Your habit. Yes, very good. Your touchdown, your, your habit. See, I know when you're in church, you're like, well, the answer's got to be Jesus. I don't know. It's, you know, but, but it's, it's, your, it's your habit. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's something that's automatically you're doing. You don't even think about. You do it a few times and then you just do it automatically. The, the word, um, the habits, um, the word habit's not actually in the Bible. It doesn't really say anywhere, you know, in the Bible where it's like, there's no examples of Peter's biting his nails and Jesus like, hey, Peter, stop that. You know, that's not appropriate, you know, in this day and age. You know, or the, uh, at the Last Supper, the disciples, you don't see like Jesus said, hey, disciples, stop talking with your mouths full of food. That's inappropriate, right? We don't see any of those kind of comments in the Bible. But what we do see is uh, a lot of, uh, of talk about certain things that what we realize now are, are simply habits in our life that he talks about. Um, most of the decisions that we regularly make are, are, are the force of habit. Most of the decisions that require wisdom that you make are actually just being run by habit, and you may not even realize it. Are those decisions that you're making continuously every day bringing regret into your life? We want to talk about that this morning. Habit, because if we want to live life with fewer regrets, then the decisions we make matter. Habits, uh, the definition is it's a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that's hard to give up. A habit is any action, any action, just remember that, that we have performed so often that it becomes almost an involuntary response. It's like a reflex. You know, when your kid drops, you know, milk on the floor, your, your word of response is blank. Probably can't say it. You know, that, that's, that's habit. You're like, oh, 
You know, in our house, the, the word stupid is not allowed to be said uh, because our kids decide, you know, things aren't stupid, people are stupid in their opinion. So for, for Maddox, we always tell him, you know, you can't say that word. And so we'll be talking and somebody will say, you know, the word stupid. He's like, hey, you said stupid. We had somebody over at our house and in a conversation, uh, uh, they were talking throughout the day and Maddox is around and it was my sister-in-law, Tracy, and she mentioned the word stupid. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, Max is like, oh, you said the bad word. And later on, at the end of the day, I'm like, I get there, and all of a sudden, he's like, uh, she said it again. He's like, you said the bad, that's five times today. He's three. You know, it's a, he notices, but it's, it's this thing of, which is good for us. We're, we're trying to change his habit. So far, it's not there. But this, this, it's like sometimes the reflex words, it's just, it's just what we do. And later on, it brings regret, because we're like, ah, I keep telling him not to say it, but I end up saying it. Often, um, when we think of the word habits, we think of bad ones, right? We think of bad habits. We're not thinking, you know, of just of good ones. But we all have habits, and they're not all bad. We're designed to be habitual beings. We're, it's actually part of our survival. You know, if you had to think about everything you do, you wouldn't be here yet. You'd still be somewhere between bedtime and breakfast. Because it's like when you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I'm awake. What do I do now? Oh, yeah, okay, I got to open my eyes. Right on. Oh, okay, now what? Okay, sit up. Right. All right. And Okay, left leg over. Right leg over. All right coffee. Wait, bathroom. All right, so whatever, whatever your routine is that you do every single morning, if you had to think through that process every single time, it would delay everything. So habits are actually working in your favor. I talked with um, uh, Roger last night. He says, you know, I had this habit, this routine here in Canada that I did uh, every morning when I woke up. He says, I went home to England. He said, I was there just for a holiday. I was gone for a couple months. I came back and like, I can't remember what I did in the first things any, in, in the morning anymore. I had to relearn everything. I'm like, it just simple things of recognizing when a habit's not working uh, at the time that it costs you. So habits aren't necessarily bad. They're actually good. Um, a habit is something that you can do without thinking, which is why most of us have so many of them, is what uh, Frank Clark said. So if you have a lot of habits, not a bad thing, unless they're bad habits. So got a few points for you this morning. Here's number one. There are bad habits, and that's not news to anyone. Um, but there's varying degrees of badness, right? With, not all habits are the same are the same bad. Some habits start before you're fully, uh, fully awake. It's called the snooze button. Um, you know, you, you might be one of those people that, you know, when you wake up, it's like you hear it going off, you like push the snooze button, and then in your mind, you like you make a new deal of how your day is going to go. All right, I can sleep another 10 minutes if I skip the shower. And then, you know, it goes off, you push it, and you're like, okay, if I skip breakfast, I can do this again. And, and, you put, and, then, and then you're like, you get to that last minute where you know that if I don't get up on the next one, I'm going to be late for work. So you take it in bed with you and you lay there just to make sure you don't miss that, that alarm that last time. And then you wake up and you're late for everything. Um, that's not you guys. I saw, I saw some of you coming in late. I, I, know, I know how you work. Um, but there's bad, the bad habits are like that. They're like a comfortable bed. They're really easy to get into. They're not as easy to get out of. There's bad driving habits. You know, speeding, rolling stops, not signaling, texting, drink, whatever this woman's doing. Um, there's, uh, do we have the, there's um, um, these habits that, yeah, I know, eh? So, uh, for me, I'm, I, I didn't realize how many bad driving habits I have until I started driving Zane around. He's, um, he's one of our Saturday night kids. Uh, I take him, he begs to come over to my house all the time to play Minecraft. So I take him over sometimes. And as I'm driving him home from church, he's like, yeah, you, uh, you just rolled to that stop. Uh, you're going 81. That's speeding. My mom says that one mile a kilometer over is speeding. And I'm like, 
kid, I'm speeding because I want to drop you off sooner than later, right? And, and I'm driving. He's like, he should be a driving instructor when he grows up because he just naturally sees it. He points out all my bad habits. I'm like, oh, I hate it. But I have them. Some of you have them as well. You're doing makeup on the way to church. You know, I can tell that some of you may have tried that. Uh, uh, but so, you know, I, I'm just kidding. It was the men. It was the men. I'm, I'm wondering why, you know, um, guys' insurance is higher when women do things like, like this. Um, putting your makeup on on the way to, to church. Picking your nose while driving. Oh, good. See, it's that picture and not another one, right? So, um, yeah, some of you are like, you, you don't think that happens, but it's, it's a bad habit, you know, and some people get caught. Just Google it. It's hilarious. Uh, finding, maybe, you know, your habit is finding places in your car to hide things you found in your nose, and then, you know, you borrow someone else's car. It's a bad habit. Wouldn't we agree? Right. There's common bad habits in this crowd. Um, you know, being, biting your nails, slouching, um, I know, they just set up. <laughs> being late, being late for everything, uh, that's something that I do, and I, this is why I'm talking about because I, I want to change some of these things in my life. I hate being late, and I used to blame it on everyone else. I'm just married to late people, right? And, and that's what it is, and, and you know, it's like, uh, whatever. But there's like Dakota, my neighbor, comes over. Uh, I'm one of these guys who plans everything so that I can just at the last second leave, leave no room for any margin for error. Dakota will show up at my house 10 minutes early all the time. It's the one thing I want to be more like Dakota in. Um, uh, it, it's this, it's just this thing that I just, I don't know, and I want to blame it on, oh, I was born this way, but we'll get to that. Um, you know, not washing your hands is a common one uh, around this place as well. We talk, uh, after using the restroom, we, we talk to my son Maddox, and uh, when um, he's three, and he's toilet trained, and he'll come running out of the bathroom, I'm done! And we're like, yeah, I didn't hear any water, I didn't hear the toilet flushing, did you wash your hands? I washed my hands! We're like, you didn't wash your hands! So he's like, okay, runs back in, flushes the toilet, comes back out, I'm done! I'm like, did you wash your hands? Yep. I'm like, you got to wash them again because whatever you wash them wasn't, wasn't appropriate. So he goes back in and we wash his hands. We're trying to teach him, but every single time we got to teach him. I just don't want him to grow up. Like a, a few years ago, we talked, about, we talked about this. After being in this building for two years, we realized that we had not yet once filled the soap in the men's um, uh, bathroom dispenser. <laughs> High fives. Right? So... I love it. You're saving us money. I'm Dutch. It's beauty. But it's disgusting. It's a bad habit. And some of you are like, oh, yeah. We'll see who shakes hands after. Just use the um, uh, um, provided hand sanitizers at the door on your way up. Um, some bad habits, they're mental. They're mental bad habits. Negativity. Some of you seeing the sour side of life. It's a bad habit. You don't, don't even realize it. Sarcasm. It's a bad habit. Pessimism. Looking, uh, looking with that view. It's a bad habit. Boredom. Boredom's a bad habit. You know, I got, Zane would always come up to me. He's like, I'm bored. And so finally I started telling him, you know what? B um, boring people are bored. That's it. You know, you come and tell me you're bored. I'm just going to say you're a boring person. Because look at everything around us. There is no reason anyone should ever be bored in our country. It just shouldn't be. A and yet there's this thing of being bored. What is it? It's just a bad habit. Bad habits, some of our bad habits are sin. Some of our bad habits become addiction. You know, smoking can be a bad habit, and then it can own you. You know, misuse of alcohol, it can be, you know, be started as kind of a bad habit, but then it can own you. Sexual misbehavior can kind of be a bad habit. It's meeting some sort of need in your life, and then it can own you. There's a Spanish proverb that says um, habits start like cobwebs and then end up like cables. They start easy, but then they trap us, 
And you know, my thought this morning is that so many of these, these things that we're not thinking about, they're bringing regrets into our lives. And that if we could, this year saying our, our goal is to live with fewer regret, regrets, then the decisions that we might make could change. See, not all habits are bad. There's some great ones. Great habits are things like this. Telling your spouse, whether it's through um, word or touch or at some point every day that you love them. A good habit of just connecting with them once a day that by the end of the day you realize, wait, I've not sat down with her and just talked. It's a, it's a habit that says, hey, I'm going to do that. A habit when you come home from work that the first person you greet is your spouse, whether that you're already at home or whether it, it's, it's a great habit. Your kids, telling your kids that you love them, telling them, showing them, um, telling them that you're proud of them, even if they haven't done anything that day that you're proud of, to let them know you're proud of them. Not what they do, but them. Building that in, it's a great habit. Smiling, <laughs> It's a great habit. Believe it or that. Putting God's word, putting it into your heart, into your head. It can be a habit. It's a great one. And that's what we want to talk about this morning because there are bad habits. And sometimes we're like, oh, those are funny. We can laugh about them, but not when they affect your life. Not when they, uh, they affect your life negatively, negatively. So a couple thoughts here. Number two, you can write them down. Um, there are bad habits and you can make good ones. You're not born with your habits. Some of you think, ah, you know, it's just born this way. It's just what I did. No, somewhere you learned them or you trained yourself in them. Good or bad, every one of them was learned or trained. You know, babies, babies aren't born like this. They're not born with like a credit card addiction. They're not born with like a cigarette in their mouth. They're not born with, you know, gossiping about the baby next door in the room, you know, next to them. They're just not born that way. They learned it or were trained it, which is a good thing. Because as parents, you have this opportunity to teach your kids some good, some good habits. And it matters. Proverbs 22, it says this, train up your child in the way you should go. Train them up in, what it, in how to succeed in life. Train them in that, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Um, you know, work ethic. Training them to be respectful. Training them with, to be encouraging, uplifting, to, to um, think God's thoughts about themselves rather than being grumbling or defeatist or lazy. Um, it's, there's a quote by uh, Sidney J. Harris that says this, it's commonplace how easily a child of three or four picks up a foreign language if exposed to it without any formal teaching. Yet we're unwilling to admit that a child of the same age picks up our unconscious attitudes and prejudices without being taught. And they often retain these longer than any one of his um, formal educations. It's interesting that, you know, we, we, our habits not only affect us, they affect the next generation. So for some of you, like, yeah, I'm okay with it. To realize some of the things that affect the generation after us. Some of them, we said, hey, it's the, it's the varying results of badness. Some of those ones, they pick their nose, oh, well. But, you know, the ones who, who are, are struggling with addiction or stuck in something, it's a, it's a whole different scenario. Have you ever tried to start a new habit? Maybe, you know, in the last week or so with your resolution, you're like, yep, that's my resolution. I'm going to start doing something differently. Ever found that it's not easy? You know, you're like, ugh, this is difficult. And it is. See, a, a lot of times you think, hey, we can start new habits and it's going to be simple. I'm a Christian. My life should be easy. But it isn't. It's difficult. This isn't for the faint of heart, but it's for those who say, you know, I, 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 I want life to be different. It seems like bad habits are so much easier to start and they're more difficult to break. And here's why. There's a, there's a, there's a quote that says, men and rivers become crooked the same way. They just follow the path of least resistance. You want easy, life gets crooked. There's this th thought of, of seeing the change. You know, it's talking about good habits, 
You can find all kinds of stuff uh, where it's talking about, hey, it takes 21 days. You do the same thing 21 days and it'll be a good habit. It's not true. It actually takes longer. And if, if you miss a day, they say oh, it doesn't work. That's not true either. They've, uh, they, you know, the studies of, uh, of, of um, analyzing, you know, the, the mind and psychology have just have found that it's, it's, this, it's this continuous thing of saying, I'm going to do something until it becomes a habit. They studied uh, a, a group of people for 84 days and they had them punch in every single day uh, a, uh, a task that they were wanted to learn that was something they weren't doing and it could be anything. Some of them it was drinking a glass of water a day and some of them it was uh, exercising 30 minutes a day. So they started with this and found out that after 21 days, yes, people who drank a glass of water said, yes, that's now a habit for me. I do it without even thinking. Guess how long it took for 30 minutes of exercise a day to become a habit? <laughs> They're still counting. <laughs> it's one of those things, it's like, uh, you know, it's just not. It takes some time. It takes effort. And uh, uh, which brings me to this. I've been reading, uh, started again in just the new year, just starting uh, uh, another um, uh, reading through the Bible. I'm just reading through the New Testament. I'm reading Proverbs as well. And as I read through, I've just learned some, uh, some neat things. One of them uh, is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, and, and it's also repeated in verse 52. It says this, Jesus continued to grow. Jesus continued to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Jesus continued to grow in wisdom. As I read that, I thought, man, God, he's God. He, he had all the wisdom he needed. Yeah, but he grew in it. And, and there was this thing that was talking about how he grew in favor with God and with men. You see that, that a lot of times wisdom affects our relationships in the positive as well. I don't think there's, there, the, those things are, are um, together. Um, that, that's not for a reason. That, you know, you treat your spouse with making wisdom decisions, you're going to have more favor with her. I can just tell you that right, right, right off the top. And so could she. But she won't because she knows, she knows better. She knows she'll t- you'll take it from me and not, not her. Um, pr- Proverbs. Proverbs, just an amazing thing. You want wisdom? Just start reading through Proverbs. I'd encourage you to read one proverb a day. You know, just read for the, whatever day of, the, day of the month it is to say the 11th or the 12th to read that proverb that day. Um, it's all through. It just says, get wisdom. Get wisdom. It will protect you. It'll, it, wisdom will protect you from, from making the wrong financial decisions and buying that car you can't afford. Wisdom will protect you from marrying a dork. You know, wisdom, it says, it'll protect you from, from messing up and being unfaithful in your marriage. It says wisdom will protect you from that. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. If you have it, um, it says this. Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, see the, the, the thought of this is that, you know, the idea of trust and lean are two different things. Trust is like, I fully, 100% am convinced, God, that, that what you say is, is true. I, and I put my full trust in that. It's like if you, were, if you were injured, you know, you broke your leg and somebody comes to, to, to help you and you look at the guy and you're like, yeah, you know, you're like five, seven and 100 pounds and I'm six, four, 300 pounds. I don't trust you to carry me to the ambulance because I don't think you're going to do it. So what do you do there? You lean on him. You can help me, but I, I'm not letting you do it all on your own. And a lot of times that's how we, we are with, with God. We'll look at his word and we're like, yeah, that part's good, but how, I'm going to help. And I got some of my own, my own stuff that I want to do as well. He says, just trust completely in him. Trust in what he says. And you're like, well, how do I do that? The second part makes it really clear. It says, in all your ways, in all of the directions, in all the decisions that you're making in your life, consider him. Well, what would God do? What would Jesus do? It's, it's a cliche term, but it's that thought of saying, what would, what would he do? Because the word um, acknowledge or consider, um, consider him is know him. 
in all your ways, just know him. In the direction you're heading in your life, the way you date, um, the, the, the job and how you work, how you run your business, how you run your family, how you live in your home, how you are as a husband, how you are as a wife, in that direction, in that way, how would he do it? What does he think about you? Like, I don't have a sweet clue. How am I supposed to know? He gave you a book. See, there's this thing of the, the habit of putting this in our hearts, putting this in our minds, it can change. It can change the way we do things. How often is, do our natural habits put us in a place of trusting God? Or how often do our habits actually show that we're living our lives based on some different, different basis? What if we could base our habits on wisdom and allow the things that we do without thinking to actually bring good things into our life? Number three, you can break bad habits. You can. You can. The truth is that you can break every bad habit that you have in your life. And some of you are like, I don't know about that. I'm not so sure. This guy named Tommy Lasorda, for those of you who uh, follow baseball years and years ago, you know this guy. But Tommy was, uh, he was, he was at the top of his game. He was like in your face. He, he was tough and, and, and strong and forceful. And he, uh, one, in an interview, once talked about his habits and his, his, uh, his bad habits that he didn't like. And one of them, he said, you know what, it was smoking. He says, with the cigarettes. And he says, uh, vodka martinis. And he says, the other one is linguine with clam sauce, clam chowder sauce. Those are my three bad habits. And he says, so at one point, he says, I just realized, you know what, I don't want these bad habits in my life anymore. So he, he said, I, I began to talk to them. He said, the next time he says, I had that cigarette in front of me, I looked at him like, are you stronger or am I stronger? And he's like, I'm stronger. And he put the cigarettes away. So I, didn't stop, I just stopped smoking. And then he says, you know, the vodka martini says, I knew I drank too many. So he says, I held that up. And I looked down and I said, are you stronger or am I stronger? He's like, I'm stronger. And he put the vodka martini away. So I was able to give, give that up. And he says, with the linguine, with the clam chowder, he says, I, I looked at that plate of linguine and I said, are you stronger or am I stronger? He says, that little clam said, I'm stronger. And he said, I haven't been able to give it up since. And it's a cute story, but the truth sometimes is this, that sometimes the voice of your habit is speaking louder to you than what's actually true. It's funny when it's clam linguine. It's not funny when it's alcohol addiction. It's not funny when it's porn addiction. It's not funny when it's anger that you can't manage. It's not funny. It's actually destroying your life, and it's these things that, that we find that are that are habits that are speaking louder to you and you think you're going to be stuck there for the rest of your life because you believe the lie that, I, you know what, I've tried to change and I can't. The truth is that you can. Um, there's a, they, they were talking back in the, in the day when they were settling the western states with the, the wagon trains. That There was a sign at one spot where it said, if you, uh, avoid this rut or you'll be in it for the next 25 miles. And for some, you feel like that signpost is on my life. It's like, I feel like I'm in that rut and I just can't get out. Do you know that people spend millions of dollars every single year trying to break habits with very little success? So here today I've said, you know, there are habits. You can make good ones. You can break bad ones. We could dismiss you. And you're like, yes, he's done early. But you have no idea how to do it. So the last thought is this. If you're one of the people this morning who says, you know what, I do have bad habits that are bringing regret into my life. The way I yell at my kids the way I gossip without even thinking about it, the way that whatever it is, fill in the blank, it's bringing regret into my life and I want it to change. Here's how. It's not on your own. Not on your own. Three thoughts about it are these. Think about it, focus on it, choose. First is think about it. 
think about it. Romans chapter 12. Uh, if you have it there, do we have Romans chapter 12? It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And here's the part. He says this, you know, living out your life for him. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Don't follow what the world thinks is wise and wisdom. First Corinthians talks about it as well. It says they, they don't know. It leads to regret. But he says, but let God transform you. See, we want, we want change. We want transformation. Just leave that up. We want that word to be true in our lives. You know, there's this thought that people um, uh, hate change. We don't hate change. The change we hate is when someone else wants to change us. We hate that kind of change. But that inside part of you says, I really want change. He says you can have change because he says, let God transform you into a new person. By what? By changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, the, 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 the way to change life, the way to change actions, is to change the way you think. So a lot of times today, we're sitting here and we're thinking about bad habits. And most of you are like, ugh, I hate thinking about this. And in five minutes, we'll be done, and, or seven, and you'll be able to leave and go, I never have to think about it again. But I want to encourage you to think about it. Here's why. You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. You know, if we could just say, oh, it was so easy just to read that. I wish it was just that. I thought about it. Boom, I've changed. But we know in an agricultural uh, society that the time between sowing and reaping, there's any number of days. So the idea is this, sow a thought, 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 boom, you're going to reap an action. Sow a thought, sow a thought, sow a thought, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love her unconditionally. I'm going to, I'm going to treat her like Christ t- treats the church. I'm going to have that thing. I'm going to say nice things to her just out of the blue. And, and all of a sudden, so a thought, so a thought. And then one of those days, all of a sudden, boom, you do it. And she's like, whoa, I didn't, where did, where did, who are you? And what have you done with my husband? That, that, that didn't, that was whatever. I, I didn't expect that. I, that was cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, you keep sowing a thought, sowing a thought, sowing a thought, and then you do it again. You're like, wow, she did something, you know, you didn't approve of, and before you would lambaste her. And now it's like, you know what, hon? It's okay. We're going to find a way through. It's like, okay, this is dust twice. You know, I don't want to, I hope it happens again. I don't want to get my hopes up. He's let me down so many times. Uh, but what's happening? What's happening? Something's changing. Why? Because you sow the thoughts, and you're allowing the Word of God to change who you are. As you keep on renewing your mind, the Bible talks about, it transforms you. You know, one great, great habit to start is to start putting his word in your life. Because so many, you try to change on your own and it doesn't work. Um, to putting you saying, man, I need wisdom. Put Proverbs in your heart every day. It will force you to uh, think about some of the things you do in, in a great way. You have Jesus Christ in your life. He messes with your bad habits just by going through this, but it's for your good. Number one is think about it. So I encourage you to spend time thinking about it and allowing yourself to think about his word. The second thing is focus on it. Not focus on your bad habit because whatever you focus on, you make bigger. Whatever you focus on, you give strength to. You know, if you're driving and you're focused on the ditch, where are you going to end up? The ditch. Not where you want to be, but that's where you're focusing. So it says focus on what's right in front of you. Whatever you focus on, you give power to. You know, I've just been learning some different things about marriage um, counseling and, and how they're just talking about this idea of don't focus on the problem all the time. 
Yes, your marriage has problems, but don't focus on the problem. Because what you really want is not to fix the problem. You want to be connected to the person. So focus on connecting with that person. Focus on, 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 on spending time together with them and watch your problem just sort of dissolve. Not all of them will, but a lot of them will. Why? Because you're focusing on what marriage is supposed to be. See, we don't have the ability to not think about something. Somebody's like, I'm just not going to think about it. So contrary to what you wives believe about us, there are, and we, you know when you ask us, what do you think about? Nothing. That's not true. Um, there, something. We don't have this ability not to think about something. So if this idea of I'm just not going to think about it, it's just going to go away, I'm just going to try not to uh, think those thoughts, the gossip thoughts, whatever, it doesn't work. You can't stop thinking about something. We've said this before. If I start talking about Tim Horton's coffee and, you know, the, the, the brownies at the back, and, and I'm saying, okay, stop thinking about those. Don't think about those brownies and how delicious they would taste right now because you skipped breakfast. Don't think about those brownies at all. And you're just like, brownies at all. Get done already. Right? Because you can't. You can't. So the, the idea of, of getting those thoughts out, it's the same as getting air out of a cup. You know, I talk to my kids about that. How do you get the air out of the cup? And they're like pouring it out and they're blowing it out and they're banging the bottom of the cup to get the air out. It's always in there. The way to get the air out of the cup is just fill the cup with water. Same thought here. How do I get this stuff out? How do I get it out? I can't get it out. I can't get it out. Fill it with something else. Begin to fill it with, with, uh, with his word. Fill it with, with that. And the last thing is this. Choose. Think about it. Focus on it. And then Choose. Choose to believe the truth of God's word over what you're, what you're hearing your habit saying to you. Choose to believe that this is living, it's alive, it's powerful, it's transforming, life-changing, transforming the way you think. To believe, choose to believe who you really are in Christ. Because your habit might be saying, listen, we're stuck together forever. To say things like this, Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Not just a conqueror, not just I can beat this. I'm more than a conqueror, but through Christ. That I can, in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make it through this situation. I can, I can do all things through Christ. Not through my own strength, but through Him. And I'm going to believe that. I, that I can have the mind of Christ. I don't have to have it filled with all these, these thoughts that are, that are um, just subconsciously controlling my life. I can have his mind. I can have the attitude of Christ. It talks about in Philippians chapter 2. It's learning these things and saying, you know what? I'm going to have that. So thinking about it, not just today, but after today. Focusing on it, saying, you know what, God? Uh, the habits that you're bringing to my, to my awareness. Finding in his word just to focus on, on the opposite. And then that last thing is choose. Choose to replace those habits with good ones. We talked about it at the very beginning. How do I live this year? with fewer regrets. That when I look back, that I would say, you know what? I have less regrets. It's all about the decisions we make. Last week we talked about wisdom. Today we just talked about basing our habits on that wisdom. And you can do it. You can with him. We pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it affects our real life. <laughs> that it changes us. Thank you for, uh, for giving us your word, for preserving it through all of that time that, that we could have it here in our own language. And and be able to understand what you're trying to say to us. Uh, God, thanks for your love for us and that when we get it wrong, you've taken care of that through the blood of Jesus Christ. This morning, my prayer for every person in this place is that these would be like seeds planted inside them, that as they go through their, through their um, days and through their week, that you would just bring these things up, that they just hear your voice just prompting them up, uh, from the inside on the changes you desire for them. That it's not about what we want, but what, uh, what you want and what, um, what you're doing in them.
God, I pray for their families this week. I pray that, that you fill their homes with joy and, and love and peace as a result of this. Thank you for the overcomers, for conquerors, for winners in this place. God, thank you for giving us that and for winning the ultimate battle for us. I love you. Go out to shine for you this week in your name, for your glory.